0: Good morning, evening, day, and night to all of you listening. We are Danica Prasad and Jesse Turner here, t- tuning in again with another episode of Cosmic Conduits. Ooh, whoop, whoop. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our mumble rap. Um, we hope to really one day be able to live up to our legends.
1: I don't necessarily think we mumble or rap.
0: I mumble a bit.
1: I don't rap. You rap. Not on this.
0: Last week, you scat-jazzed into our episode. That was
1: certainly not rap.
0: I've heard you rap. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Thank you. I wasn't expecting
1: that. Yeah. Pleasant surprise.
0: So today, we're talking about a really heavy topic. Something that Danica loves to do is just open up these really <laughs> dense topics. That make her so, they, they make her feel so safe and comfortable. I've heard her use those exact two words.
1: You know, you know what? It's not a lie that I love opening up these topics, but it's... I definitely don't feel comfortable, but that's why I know I need to go there.
0: Mm. Um, If I'm honest, I'm also not feeling too comfortable today because this topic is so heavy that it makes me uncomfortable to share. And it's going to get pretty vulnerable, but we're going to do it because if we can't show our humanity, then what good are we?
1: Yeah, and um, it's, it's a real necessary part of the human experience it's an alchemizing part of the human experience and if you can just have a little bit of awareness going into the chaos that is grief which is the big the big part of our conversation today um you can certainly navigate it just that little bit
0: more um peacefully
1: peacefully that was yeah. A good
0: word. yeah i hear that so as danica mentioned we're discussing grief and oh my god everyone's been through a version of that but how personal is your experience of grief and you know we've discussed forgiveness we've discussed you know relationships familiar relationships we've discussed a lot of things related but people who have been following us would know that uh, Danica has been through a recent grief and it is kind of related to our extended hiatus Um, however all of us have been through through grief in many different ways and grief doesn't necessarily just mean someone dying or losing someone that's the obvious grief a grief I I see as any kind of a loss, or a sudden change, or impactful a letting go, loss. impactful loss, yeah. exactly. Being forced to accept and let go of something, um, for me personally is a rebirthing experience because I am invited.
1: Jesse's come to love that word.
0: I, I, look, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna rephrase that sentence. No, okay? you don't have
1: to. You don't have to. We get it.
0: It's a growing experience because you actually get to choose new perspectives if you want. Now, that's what I found grief did for me. I have a very touchy story I'm going to share soon uh, on grief and on loss. And the thing that I got from my my greatest grief, uh, which happened probably about eight years ago now, was that I I thought I was wired wrong. I immediately jumped to the conclusion of, hey, I'm... If I'm experiencing this amount of pain from what happened, there's something wrong with me. And you know what, not that there was something wrong with me but I was right wired kind of wrong. I had I had, I had really intensely um, negative perceptions of like the ego and of myself and of death and of loss and, and yeah, keep everything too close to me and had no ability to kind of just let go of things and accept new situations.
1: Let's unpack that completely because first of all, you are absolutely not wired wrong. You were not wired wrong, especially for our first major loss. Um, Depending on the surroundings, it really makes you question everything and you're not, you have no way to prepare for that. It's a new perspective. Mm. And so of course you went through all the, all the traumas and all the negative emotional states before you came to a place of self-realization, right? Because that that, mm. that that event also for you catalyzed your self-realization, I think, really. 100%,
0: yeah. Um,
1: but let's, so it's like, can you share a little bit about what that experience was? Because mm-hmm. the type of grief and like the, the circumstance changes.
0: Yes, okay, you know. so basically we're discussing grief. I would like to share how I came to understand grief and, and what it did for me when I, you know, developed a, a deeper sense of awareness. So the story lies about eight years ago. It was a specific relationship that had ended. And um, the way it ended was not favorable for me. Um, And it caused me a lot of pain. uh, And and it involved lots of different people in my life. And it made me so insanely mad and infuriated the way it ended that I was forced into, honestly, either some kind of like suicide or self-harm. Or radical change. And I resisted this change for, you know, perhaps months to years. I remember the first time I went out, I completely abused my body in terms of like, like, you know, alcohol and um, whatever else was around. And it was generally a really dark phase in my life that I often reflect on just for sheer perspective of where I've come. And everyone has... Every, every person you look at who's been through stuff has one specific experience that's catalyzed, like, them changing and evolving themselves. Or multiple, or really multiple. impactful experiences. Most likely multiple. But there's, there's usually one that wakes you up, like, really, like, shakes your reality and really makes you question your perception on everything, your beliefs on everything. And after perhaps a year and a half of resisting the way this relationship ended and cutting, you know, specific people out of my life as a result, it... Was clear to me that I was suffering so much. It was clear to me that I was carrying this heavy weight around with me. I I couldn't let go of it, and my identity, my ego, would look at the situation constantly and be stuck in this loop of, I guess, the loop of lack of acceptance of what had happened. And the reason why this, I believe, this ties into into grief, is mainly because it's a specific loss, but also the the ability to not accept what happened is obviously the first stage of grief, right? Well,
1: I think, I think for me personally, when I look at grief throughout my life, I think that it is, I'm thinking like Kali energy, destructive energy, destructive chaos, chaos energy. Change. Yeah, change and like fermentation and regeneration. And so, Tell people
0: what Kali is, by the way. Uh,
1: K- Kali Mai is an Indian uh, deity, Indian goddess of like, yeah, destruction and uh, chaos chaos and like alchemizing change through destruction, allowing room for regeneration. And so I think that when you go through, I think the grieving process in its essence is a morning of a new place in your life, Mm. because whether you've lost somebody, something, some part of yourself, some relationship Mm. um, or some place in your world or anything, any type of loss, it's, you know that your life in some way will not be the same from this point forth radical change and, and you're grieving like that is a brunt of the grief as well, as, as well as grieving for the person place thing that you have lost,
0: lost hundred percent. Yeah. And at least in my perspective, Kali does represent chaos energy and that's kind of inherent and in everything. Yeah. If you really try and see it,
1: it's not a negative energy. It's not, It's, 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 it's an opportunity to, it's, it's, the old has to leave at some point mm-hmm. to make way for the new. Yeah. yeah. So you've yeah. also you've also experienced grief through the loss of your beloved pet. And you've lost multiple pets over the course of your life that you were close yes, to. Yes, yes. And how did those two experiences of grief for you differ from one another?
0: That's a good question. My earliest version of grief was a pet. It was my dog. Uh, it was actually my birthday. And, um... I think my uncle was let out of the house at the end of a night of, you know, birthday cake and maybe presents. And the dog ran out and got run over by a van. And was, I, I I think it was a van, though I didn't see who ran it over. But when I came outside and saw my dog, you know, squashed on the road, which was traumatic in itself for a seven or eight year old. Um, I saw a van as the second car. So I assumed it was the van. Probably wasn't a van. Yeah, but that's Unlikely. just the association that my, you made in your young mind. Exactly, exactly. So... That was awful. I cried for three days. Mm -hmm. That's what my my response was. I, I couldn't stop crying. It was a very natural cry. And it was very consistent throughout the day, and I think that when you're young, you don't have the ability to intellectualize too much. You just let it so out you just when it feel. comes. Yeah. Exactly, and it's beautiful. Yeah. And you know, our heads get in the way now. We end up storing this grief yeah. in ourselves, and, and it
1: takes longer to grieve as well because kids yeah. move on. Kids can move on very quickly, but yeah,
0: yeah, because they don't have like the intellectual bullshit like yeah. constantly Stopping saying them I from should. Processing yeah. Processing the trauma. Yeah. So it was beautiful and very lucky that I experienced that. But obviously, she was one of my favorite pets, and um, that was my first experience of grief and the way that differed from my most recent pet um, which was only a couple of years ago Um, and this dog we had her for 13 years and she was born on the Jewish New Year and she died on the Jewish New Year and she died of a heart that was too big for her body so I know I started saying the story before of my earliest sort of grieving that was probably the heaviest grief I've been through Um, but this story is also interesting so I want to touch on this a little bit Um, my dog who was called Mocha. Or Moki, um, named after the the drink. She she her heart grew like one to one and a half times the size and blocked her airways because she was the most loving and uh, compassionate and like, to use the, the word again, like endlessly giving kind of creature I've ever met, and. Mourning that loss, to answer your question, was so different from any of the other losses.
1: Well, I was also asking you to compare the loss from your relationship, like that grieving, to like actual somebody has died, which is like the traditional association with
0: grief. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's a good question. Um, It was very peculiar because the, the... the loss of the relationship was way more difficult.
1: And, but have you ever compared those two grieving processes?
0: Honestly, probably not. Yeah. They feel like two very, very different experiences to me.
1: So this, the reason I ask is because this is one of the things that I have learned about grief. Um, so if do you, do, would, do you wish to share anything else at this point in time?
0: Actually, yeah, I'll I'll finish that story because yeah, and then I'll and then I'll yeah, then why I was
1: asking the question Yeah. yeah okay
0: cool so my dog who passed who was literally like my soulmate she because she was you know probably the most enlightened creature I've ever come in contact with one of right she it was clear that she was moving on from this world it was clear that she was done here on Earth and everyone would say that she had the energy of a wise old sage. And she was also a fighter, but she was her fight was with love. She would just give and give and give and give. And it's funny because it's the story of the Grinch, isn't it? Like his heart grew three sizes that day. Well, that literally happened to her. So much so that it killed her. What an insanely symbolic thing mm-hmm. to have happen. And I often reflect on just how much of a blessing it was for to have had her Mm -hmm. but i accepted that one way easier than i accepted the earlier relationship because i didn't understand i hadn't spent much time reflecting on death what happens after we die Mm -hmm. i hadn't spent much time reflecting on acceptance forgiveness um releasing emotion these aren't things i had reflected on you know eight or nine years ago when this happened but two years ago these were things i was thinking about daily so it was a world of difference.
1: So it was a combination of the work that you had already done combined with a real knowing of like the, the divine narrative behind that loss.
0: Yeah. There was, there was definitely that knowing that helped me through all of it. And yeah. and that's, I'll come back to this later, but that's really what's changed my perspective on grief Yeah, yeah. Um, is the knowing of uh, where they're going, what's happening afterwards for them and how that can and does usually for me like relate to my current life. We'll share some stories about that later because you have a good one with your most recent passing of your pet.
1: Well, the reason I was asking the question is exactly what you touched. Well, it's not it's it's it it uh relates to what you touched on with the differences between those two losses being related to yeah, like your your pet and yeah, like being able to see the heart going too big for her and being able to see how much love and energy and time she gave and then seeing her slowly over time like her heart grow and grow and grow and eventually knowing that she would come to that end and Mm. um okay yeah so what I've learned from grief in my own experience um so I've had of course experiences that or situations or people that I've lost um unrelated to death that I've grieved over the process of my life uh like friendships many 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 friendships many friendships (laughs) um and like periods of time in my life and yeah but when it came to the death of like two impactful figures in my life um the difference between those two grieving experiences were what taught me the most about grief because Mm. I first lost my grandmother, who is the only living grandparent that I had ever had. All mm. the rest passed on before I was born. And she she lived with me for most of my life. Um, and, you know, she was 86. She'd lived a long, full life. And yes. she had many, many health problems. So she slowly, over time, just declined in her health and then um, passed away and she passed away very peacefully she passed away in the presence of her eldest daughter Mm. Uh, just fell asleep which is what we had always prayed for which is what she had always prayed for you know Mm. and her prayers were answered just never wake up yeah and um, you know we had this beautiful two week ritualistic Hindu um, grieving period of time Mm. where I was with the family every single day and all the sisters and brothers (laughs) Nice, Jesse. (laughs) Dropped his phone. Rude. Um, (laughs) Where all the family flew in from overseas and, um, yeah, we got to be with each other grieving, moving through this grief and sharing laughter and tears and um, praying and and, – we got to sit with her body and, and
0: that's pretty amazing. Yeah.
1: Like we got to sit with it at home several times and most cultures
0: don't do that. perform
1: rituals and whatnot. A lot of cultures do actually a lot of cultures do. And, um, but anyway, so I would say that it took me a full year of like confusing, real, um, gripping, like spiraling into grief before I really was able to, um, accept and allow and, yeah, to have said that the the brunt of the grieving process has been done and from mm. time to time I will still feel that grief, but I won't have to sit in it. You know, because that during that year, the the puja's the the prayers that we did like the, at the six month and one year point as well really helped that along.
0: Mm. Tell them what a puja is. Puja, like the, the prayer. It's a isn't it a gathering though? It's
1: like a yeah, it's like a, pr- a home prayer gathering ritual. Yeah. Um, you can be done in a temple and stuff as well It's like a public prayer type of thing.
0: Mm.
1: Um, but anyway, so and then the most recent loss was my my pet, um, and he was he feels like he was torn from us at midway through his life in the craziest way at the craziest a period of time. Story, it's just oh a should I tell the yeah, story? Yeah,
0: please. It's so relevant.
1: Okay, so wow, it's whack. So this bird is honestly my spirit animal. That's the best way to say it. He was just my he is my spirit animal. And um fully understood each other, fully saw each other and knew each other. And I had just finished an online yoga class and I came out of my room and my bird was acting really weird. And I was looking at him like, what's wrong, Vi? Like, what's going on with you today, man? I've seen you eat concrete, bleach. Rust, grime, slime, dirt, soil, goo—you name it. He's processed it. You know, I've <laughs> seen you. It. I've seen you poisoned before. I've seen you sick before. I, I, this is not that. I, me and my mom were staying together in the kitchen, looking at him. I looked up at my mom and I said, "Mum," these were my words, my exact words. "Mum, he looks like he's seen the grim. He's seeing the grim reaper, and he knows his time has come." When I looked into my 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 bird's eyes that day, I saw death.
0: Mm. And
1: um in the next over the next sort of like forty five minutes or so he was just getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah, like
0: he was trying to walk, but he couldn't walk properly.
1: He he went like he even cheeky in his last moments, he had no energy, but he went and tried to eat like steal my big bird's food seeds like he does every single day. And mm. he he was like eating his seeds and he fell into the food bowl. Like he was wow. so weak. Um couldn't even
0: hold his own like body weights down Yeah,
1: on. and I was like, look, he's not gonna push this one through. Like I tried to call every vet my my normal vet, my you know local vets and not local vets vets all around sydney tried
0: to find an avian vet, avian desperately vet. yeah desperately
1: and i uh, talked to some really beautiful vets along the way avian vets honestly sydney avian vets all of you i commend this community beautiful beautiful mm. community but i um, finally found one um just 10 minutes from my house but in a in a bumfuck area like yeah. a bit in the middle of nowhere and i um, was like cool let's take him there and so th- we had this whole thing with like the cage and
0: so I went and I went and got a cage. Yeah. I'm Like, quick, let's get a cage. Let's go and leave ASAP. I grab a cage. Danica's like, that's the wrong cage. Yeah. So I go in and find a different cage, which took us about twenty or thirty minutes to locate. Oh, yeah. not twenty, maybe ten minutes. Oh, to wild actually, though, yeah. Actually, find the cage you were talking about. Yeah, and at one and point we're then... like, fuck
1: it, let's just take the big cage. And we're like, no, let's actually go look for it. Yeah, and then um. And, and not only that, like that was just one little occurrence. And then also when I had noticed that Violet was seeing the Grim Reaper, I went to my room, lit a ca- candle on my altar and then burnt a bit of sage and saged my whole house. Mm. And then in the hype of getting Violet to a vet and him getting sicker and us leaving the house and rushing him to a vet, I had forgot that I had left the candle burn- burning on the altar. So let's just come back to that. And then um got to the vet. Had Violet sitting in my um, lap and he's getting sicker and sicker by the moment. You know, he's very, very weak.
0: Mm, he and, can't um, do his call anymore. Yeah, he can't like even he speak. speak. Any. I don't know what He, cou- he could going barely on. perch up like yeah. on the stick part of the cage.
1: Yeah, and um, got to the vet, opened the car door, picked up the cage, was walking in towards the front door of the vet and um, got just to the veranda. So like a few steps away from the front door of the vet and um, the bottom of the cage, which I hadn't been supporting, fell. Um, and I swear to God as the moment, the second the cage hit the ground, I remember it like in slow motion. I just remember me saying, no, like this breathless, like, no. And I knew in that moment before he had even flown, like, I just, I have slowed it down in my mind that he was
0: that was the last you see of him. That was him. the
1: last I'd see of him.
0: And so we chased him for a while, didn't we? Oh, fucking like chased 3 him. hours. We tried man. to scream out his name and run for kilometers around and, the and, area. And and
1: where we were was just farms.
0: Yeah. Just farms. Absolutely like two nothing. 5-acre properties. No light,
1: no backyards, like every other my normal avian vets in the middle of the suburbs.
0: Mm. Someone would have found him. Yeah, he would land on someone's shoulder. Yeah. But,
1: but we we what we reckon is he used his last little bit of energy to make that flight, he fell mm-hmm. somewhere and um that was the last that of was my it. beautiful bird. But look, We came home and, um, after hours of searching for him, even my mum and dad joined. And I remember going in my room that day and just seeing the candle was still lit and like things were heating up around it and just being like spiraling into this, this, like over the course of the next couple months, like spiraling into this, like, Oh, did Violet die because I wasn't supporting the cage? Did Violet die because I wasn't, because I was going to burn the house down and he had to go to the other side and save it, you know? And just mm. like all these crazy things that come up and then like the shock and the confusion and all the little things. And like,
0: So many little things that that, that left you questioning because because within an hour it was like he's happy, he's healthy, he's eating candles like a naughty boy. Yeah,
1: which look, I would never let him do that, but we think that was the thing
0: that did it. Yeah, some candles have like a toxic element in them. Yeah. And he's eaten many candles that maybe this one. He was
1: in secret eating this one particular candle in the lounge room that I think did it like it clogged up his intestines mm. and that was it but um
0: then again he sh- he's eaten cement he's eating grime he's eating everything you mentioned he's eaten it so he's digested worse. i think it was
1: a candle because of like coming home to that candle
0: i think so and then too. also like i think so too
1: there's a separate story related to that candle that ties into all of this i'm not going to go into all the stories but like th- a few things from that story so like first of all going through this like chaotic like messy unexpected it was um, a shock. shocking it was a confusing shock. grief and like having my whole dynamic at home have changed and us not anticipating this at all um that grieving process was so different to me losing my grandma yeah. and just knowing that no two griefs are the same and
0: it's a good point that's
1: that's it that's just it and then yeah. and then secondly um i don't know i'll just leave it at that for now
0: okay well let me tail on to the end of your story cuz one detail i think is worth mentioning is um, when Danica lit that candle so that she could light her sage stick and walk around the house, that ca- we, we were out at the vet and searching the area for about four hours. That candle was right next to a standing deck of cards, that was oracle cards, on her altar. Um, and it was, when I got back and touched the deck, it was hot. So perhaps that could have caught fire and the whole house could have burnt down while everyone was out searching for the bird. That was kind of a miracle in itself that, that, that the whole house didn't burn down. Like I was really shocked. And I remember your dad actually saying like, yeah, like, in, in his own words, he was like, we could have lost the whole house. Yeah. Like, I know you lost your pet. We could have lost everything else as well. Yeah. So that was a kind of like bittersweet moment.
1: And then that, all of that went down just as we found the solution to my mom's problem. We-
0: you had just found it. We like, just we had we hadn't just... had
1: we hadn't had had the appointment with the neurosurgeon at that point. Mm. Then a few days later we met with this neurosurgeon that we found out could that 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 was fully confident that he could completely cure my mum's insane chronic nerve pain condition. Mm. And that and we got like the best possible outcome in the world, like literally yeah, literally. in the whole world. Best case scenario. And, and then her moving through that surgery and like that same candle that almost burnt out that day, me performing a ritual on the morning of her surgery to just shed all the old and mm-hmm. make space for the new and allow. And, um, and not knowing that that is the day that that ritual candle, it was a ritual candle, was going to burn out. Yeah. And I had like all these intentions carved into it and it had been burning for like six six months or something like that. Mm. And so like, and then Violet having probably died, died from candle poisoning. So like just this weird flow, This just this weird, but like knowing, knowing. So this is where things start to come together. So knowing... Cause there are so many signs surrounding death for me personally. So many signs, spirit animals, synchronicities, messages, moments, connections, opportunities, and just knowing that you are held by life. Even when it feels like it's fucking you, (laughs) even when it feels like it's not on your side, you are being looked after. And so Mm this was such a rough way to learn all of that. And, um, That's, yeah, and like, intense. I can see in many ways, I mean, like my life has really changed now and I've really sort of lost this everyday connection to a part of myself. Cause I had this bird for like 17 years, yeah. but, um, so there's like grieving my bird, but grieving a part of myself and then grieving my household as it was. And then also being in a completely new phase with my mom, having been through like brain surgery and, mm-hmm. um, how Which I'm hoping I'm hoping that we can get her on here and share about her entire yeah, experience, experience in time when yeah, she heals because that's it's to. just been like this year <laughs> such a roller coaster. Mm. Such a roller coaster. But um yeah, that's that's my that's my grief. That's where I've been, man. That this is where you've I've been, been. You've
0: been dealing with grief yeah. and I think it helps like people who follow who have been following us. And some of them asking us questions about what's been happening. Yeah. Like it helps them to actually know the story. So there you go. Like that's everything that's been happening with Danica specifically.
1: I feel like I've been in this real, um, like high achieving, high energy, just go, go, go getting shit done, making shit happen, creating opportunities for myself for the last few years. And this year I've just completely, just slow down. And I'm like, look, if I can't do it, I can't do it. You know, usually I'd be like, no, I said, we do a podcast every two weeks. We have to do it no matter what. And I'd like bury shit in order to get it done. But now it's like, this is also why I wanted to have this conversation today on the podcast. Like now, because Mm. With grief, what I'm finding is you need to make space for grief. And what that means is other stuff will come up in the process. Old shit, shit that's unrelated, old mm. grief, old traumas, Hell yeah. icky shit, because it's saying this grief's going to take up residency in your body for a while. Get rid of shit to make space for it. And then once you let go of the grief, new, better things will come. So there's this real shuffling around and shifting and shedding. Um, but I, I, I knew I needed to, to do this now.
0: Can I just say that's a really, really useful perspective for people to hear that you have to make time for grief. Things are going to come up in your body, um, to either make you dissociate or go deeper into the grief and things are going to come up in your mind or in your life that take you away. But if you don't actually treat the grief as a priority or well, you end up carrying it and that can turn into disease later in your life it can make you a miserable person it can make you pessimistic it can make you sad or i i just feel think it weighs the world. it
1: weighs you down until you yeah. have to like you're forced to deal with it
0: and that's that's the thing about um i guess back to my relating that back to my grief story my main one um i i did bury it for probably a year and then i had this one moment where i went to the library and just picked up a bunch of books and started I don't know if it was natural or if it was instinctual um, or if it was just like, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but I decided to read a lot of books on science, on the brain, on death, on, on whatever, and just start to grow. And then that is what um, they would call, some people would call like spiritually ripe. It's when you're in that place where you start to seek answers for yourself. You start to actually reflect. And I, and I actually wonder, like if your situation had went down, with the bird, maybe, you know, f- 10 years ago, how would how different would that have been for you? Oh, it would have been a different world. It would have been a different world. So because you had this self-reflecting side of you, do you think that all these um like beliefs and like spiritual tools that you have and like rituals, do you think all these things that you were doing recently are the reason why you were able to get through it? I
1: don't think I'm through it.
0: But, I'm certainly not through do it. But you think I'm it helps you? still
1: in the thick... I- you keep talking about it in past tense. Like this is happening for me in the now. So first of all, it it is helping me. Um, But the, the community aspect of it, I must say like last time my family and this time around my friends in particular and, and my family and the, and the members of my family who are my friends um, so supportive, not, not even directly because of the grief, just so supportive in general. Mm. And so making an effort, on my end to reach out and not have it be related to my grief has been helping me grieve mm. um, because I just end up in these beautiful connective spaces where I'm being held and I'm being seen and I'm, and if, if I need to express anything, it can be expressed. And, mm. um, that's been so valuable.
0: When you mentioned before the knowing, um, of when someone passes, what do you think that knowing is related to it? And what do you think is, is, uh, happening when someone passes
1: what do you mean the knowing
0: so you mentioned before like there's this deep knowing you have
1: Uh, like when with Mm violence yeah 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 so so here's the thing um i'm glad you asked that question because it kind of relates to this train of thought I had just a little bit earlier, which is that I think a lot of people can really heavily deny spirit in general, but spirit in related to grief um, in related to loss and particularly death. They think that once the body shuts down it shuts down and that's the end of it, the body decomposes and there's nothing more to it. but but you know if you close yourself off then you're close, you're not going to receive any signals and signs and so I guess for that for you that reality is reality. but in fact, death is a transcendental experience the energy of you gets transmuted into something else and it flows away and um, how it's held together whether it's held together whether it dissipates into a billion other energies or whether it stays as a cluster of energy um, to support people in your life previously or move on to another life you know whatever you believe or or it's all real like it sometimes it's reincarnation something sometimes it's something else is what i believe like Mm. energy goes wherever the fuck it needs to go but it certainly goes somewhere because energy cannot be destroyed um but there is a portal Uh, this is this is what i've been really feeling right now in particular there is a portal in in death and there is a portal in birth and what's been really interesting right now is that i am I'm surrounded by birth portals, like so many beautiful people I know are uh, expecting (laughs) or have just had babies. And, um, I love you all. And it's so, such a rich part of my life to be able to interact with the birth portal via them, Mm. but then also have just, um, to be in the death portal. And, um, by the death portal, I just mean that, yeah, like, Things like spirit animals, signs and, and reminders of these people, like really intimate re- reminders through other places or people in your life, um, they are always coming through. And so, you know, that, that knowing exists beyond time. And so I think that in that way, the portal of death opens up before the death occurs. That is certainly true if, if, if you think about um, – past life experiences if you think about like uh what was the documentary series we're talking about earlier life after death yeah life after death
0: what was it called surviving death no Surviving death. Death. i don't know one of those it's on netflix it's a four-part series oh
1: please check it out highly recommend skip the episodes on mediumship watch the ones on near-death experiences um and past life experiences yes episodes one and four yeah um, absolutely phenomenal Um, and undeniable um inexplicable stories Mm -hmm. of just how you can access different lifetimes and you can, and you can anticipate certain experiences. Um, and so for example, with my grandma, um, uh, she started seeing dead people and she, she was saying they're calling me like all of my relatives they're calling me they're wow. saying that I need to come join them now and she was seeing people in her dreams and she was seeing people when she was awake too and um, as her organs started slowly failing and shutting down and mm. and that's, that's if you talk to people who work in nursing homes if you talk to people who work in palliative care um, if you've ever been in a process of losing someone slowly throughout your life you'll see that the portal starts to open up at, at the very least for them and things start to come through to them and yeah mm. like if you watch that documentary series the i think the first episode talks talks about that they interview people from like
0: near-death experiences no
1: sorry it's the last episode they interview people who work at nursing homes and 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 like gps who like do home visits to old people and they say they when they start seeing their relatives i know that they only have max a few months to live like Mm. he he fully prepares himself for it because he knows and so um that's where I think that knowing comes from. For me, I fell into a real slump before I lost Violet and before everything went down in my life. So there was this like knowing of heaviness and negativity to come. But when you're really connected to someone, man, like I can't explain that moment where I looked at him and I saw, but I can tell you with Violet, I've always looked into his eyes and been able to know where he's at. Mm -hmm. So we also, yeah, we also had this bond. Like, I just look at these. I just remember the expression. I, I just saw the life was out Like his time was up. The clock had stopped ticking mm-hmm. and he was just getting there. Yeah. And that's really, the, yeah.
0: It's interesting. I, I find one of the hardest things to do is address like a, a fear of loss. I don't know if that's a fear that you resonate with Danica, but I know that it's one that I think about regularly. Um, me naturally being someone trying to preserve my life, eating healthy, exercising, taking supplements that I think will make me, be a better human um, and doing things that help me, you know, feel closer to spirit and closer to to myself. Um, so accepting f- like, like losing, like say someone as dear as your parents or a sibling, eventually these things will happen. These things have to happen. It's inevitable, but accepting these things is something I, I find quite hard. Is that something you've had to, is that, have you worked on that fear before? Have you? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a really interesting fear. Um, I think, Yeah, fear of losing others is huge. But also I can't deny, like I've said many, many times throughout my life that I don't fear death. But let's be real. Everyone has like this reptilian self-preservation part of themselves, unless you do like wacky extreme sports and shit like that, like jump off 100-meter cliffs into waters below and, you know, like admire courage like that but um you know when i swim out too far and the waves are a little choppy and i'm like can't see the floor i'm like okay i'm going to swim back to shore now and i have like i have this, these weird little fears that like it's i say it's fear of lack of control but probably some part of that is tied to fear of mortality in some mm. way. Do you know what I'm saying? Cause like, and I think it's the same thing with losing people and things outside of yourself. It's like, there's, there's like complete loss of control. Like when something is ripped from you, it's ripped from you. You have no idea how you're going to move through that. It's always like, I don't know how I'm going to live without you. I mm. don't know how, but, but y- it's going to happen. You find a way and you find a way you have to. and, and, and really like when you open yourself up to the, um, holistic experience of death, and don't deny any part of it, you cannot, you, you you. have to realize that it's not happening to you, it's happening for you, and it's also happening because it's all a part of the completely perfect divine pattern of life, it's chaos at this magnification, but if you zoom out a little bit, it's actually a part of that perfect spiral Mm. do you know what i'm saying like to you can't just keep accumulating things like things need to fall away so new things can come that energy has to keep shifting and um sometimes it's going to be absolutely ugly and tragic and messy and and um even then even then life's not not on your side life is on your side it
0: will certainly yeah it will certainly not feel like it but it absolutely is um but if you adopt a belief that you're doomed and life's not on your side. Well, I wonder if things will work out well for you anyway. You know, I, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it would. Um, but that, that knowing that I mentioned before and, and like, you know, relating it to the fear of loss or even losing people close to you or yourself, which is actually another fear I, I didn't mention, but it's a really good one to bring up here. Um, that knowing for me is related to like a very much a spiritual, um, belief of life in 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 that energy is constantly in motion energy is constantly moving and when your soul leaves your body it goes elsewhere and that's just it goes back to source energy or like the collective and that is the collective is something you can channel or tune into in moments in your life or in specific actions and this is normally how i try and like appease myself and and help when I do have those fears of losing someone for me, because I don't necessarily have the one of losing myself that much. I definitely but, used but to losing but a losing part a- of
1: yourself as well is a thing. Like, yeah, like hell if yeah. I, if I, if I, f- for me, one of my things is if I fuck up really badly, mm. um, if I make a really big mistake and, and I let like heaps of people down, like I fear that type of thing as well. Mm. And I think that's that also, yeah. And it comes yeah. from like a fear of, like losing a part of yourself, fear of, and then like losing people in that regard as well. So like social anxiety and stuff can tie into this. Mm. Um, but anyway, like th- what I, what I said before we came into this podcast is like I think this is such a complex matter. Um, yeah, we're not we could offering go, answers. We could go yeah. on and on, but like the one thing, <laughs> the one thing that I was calling in um, before I even knew I was going to go through any of this was trust, and. I can say, like, I was very openly calling that in. Like, many people have heard me say I want more trust in my life. And having gone through all of this, at times I thought I was going to go mad, like, waiting for my mum's surgery, like, waiting to hear back from my mom's surgery and just wondering if it went well and if, whether, you know, she would be okay or not and stuff like that. Like, in those moments, trust is all I had. Mm-hmm. Trust is all I had, like, t- like full trust that things are right and that, and, and, you know, you said, you used the word spiritual experience, like even, even just like, just loosen up a little bit and just like, think about it in the sense that there is an essence inside of you It is energy on a fundamental level that just carries on. Mm. It carries on, you know, and... It's the same
0: reason your heart is beating. Yeah. everyone else's is... It's so... No one knows why your heart beats. It just does.
1: You don't lose yourself i I don't know man i don't i just (laughs) i just can't i can't not see it like that i i i think that thinking that nothing happens after you die is hitting a brick wall in your in your thinking it's like you haven't pushed outside the box a little bit and really considered so many different aspects of life why why almost every single culture in the world except for like modern western culture has such a holistic experience of life and death and the ritual surrounding that allow space for um, inexplicable experiences and intangible experiences and for spirit to come through, Mm. you know, but if you don't let spirit come through, it's not going to come through. And just remember that. And like trust. I don't know.
0: That's, that's true. Trust is a really big one.
1: It's the only one, man. It's the only one.
0: I agree. Well, you can, you can deny it for lifetimes, but for me, trust is really like a place of endless forgiveness and acceptance like it's just endless and that's something that I recommend for people to carry into everything so you would have been tested super hard with that and um, just to jump back to my earliest story of my, my biggest version of grief uh, the way that that was healed I don't think I touched on that yet but I think it's fitting for me to say it now was with a decision a decision that hey I don't want to carry this anymore this has been weighing me down I've been trying to escape from this feeling constantly, and it's made my life miserable. And this one experience, you know, of that relationship ending so long ago, you know, affects me day to day. I had gotten to that point in my sort of um, self reflection that I knew that it was holding me back constantly. So I worked really hard at addressing it, and one night I just sat there on YouTube, actually listening to Teal Swan. <laughs> holding my rose quartz crystal and, and listening to videos about you know healing the heart and addressing grief and loss and really working on them and closing those wounds so that you don't keep manifesting similar situations that force you to learn that lesson because, my God, isn't that painful? Wow. Anyway, um, it brings up earlier uh, feelings and emotions, but let me continue. I made that decision and the next day, the very next day, I bumped into one of the people who I had not forgiven, like a mere hours later, like I'm talking maybe six hours later. um, And I made a decision to go up to them and make peace for both of us, because I knew it was causing both of us pain. And I had been ignoring them and it was just heavy, but I, I, I literally walked up to them and had an open conversation with them. And even though I didn't really do anything wrong here, obviously, um, I found it fitting to be the first one to break the ice and to apologize and to just say, I, I forgive you and I'm, I'm sorry that I ignored you for all, all those years and I don't, I don't have any bad blood anymore and I, and I want to move forward. And that was one of the hardest things I ever had to do, but I knew it had to be done and how fitting, you know, the night before I was reading about the heart chakra, I was carrying my rose quartz, I just decided, you know what? From now on, I'm going to focus on healing my heart. The very next day that, that opportunity showed up I seized it. And then later that day, I remember breaking into tears multiple times. And that decision was the pinnacle of all that. That decision saying, like, I am going to do something about this grief.
1: And do you see how you let spirit in? You know, it was like, cool, mm-hmm. six hours later, here's an opportunity to close that door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you made room for it. And this is what we talk about when like, time is nothing, space is nothing. Like it can be manipulated or like, it is fluid. It's just fluid. It cannot, it, I, I yeah. guess it can be manipulated if you Because really you going not explain, it. but it, it's fluid, you know, and mm-hmm. it, we never, it's not like nothing, nothing is set in stone. Nothing, nobody knows what's happening tomorrow. So we can tap into that and make sure that our tomorrow is going to work as well for us as it possibly can.
0: Mm-hmm. And but um, setting that intention, you know, change the day as yes, well. Yes,
1: Setting the intention is everything is all of it. Um, Two things from your story. First of all, we've touched on forgiveness. I think we talked about it in our last Yeah, episode. one or two episodes yeah. ago. Yeah, we definitely mentioned and, um, it. And yeah, like this was the thing that helped you work through the energy of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So that's a really interesting one. Yeah, because
0: the grief led to that. So yeah. Kind of backtracking a bit to give the full story. No, it's cool. It's worth giving.
1: It's worth giving. And the second thing is I think expression may be a vital part of the grieving experience. I don't know if you can grieve alone, man. I don't know if grief can never be expressed. Expression, I think, is the biggest thing. And I think that verbal communication is a very powerful form of energetic self-expression. I think it can do a lot. Whether that means screaming in your car when you're driving and nobody can hear you or whether that means sitting with your closest friend and saying, Hey, I just need to talk shit out. You don't have to say anything. Just let me pour it out. Whether that be walking up to somebody and saying, Hey, I am choosing to forgive you in this moment Mm -hmm. or whether that be, yeah, just, just letting that grief be moved through you physically, mentally, verbally in every single
0: way. Um, Yeah. It's isn't, isn't it such a healing experience when you do do that? I can confidently say that after doing that, I have no bad blood towards anyone involved in that situation. And, you know, since then I've, you know, thanked some of these people, like thanked them for the, for the hell that I went through because it changed me. And as I said, in the beginning of the episode, grief is a portal into changing yourself if you want it to be. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's a der- it's an
1: opportunity it's an invitation. Yes.
0: An invitation for growth. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like any type of like any type of really intense life-changing journey, you have to work with it. Mm-hmm. You have to work with it. And for me personally in the last few days, I finally feel like I am starting to feel violet on the other side, my bird. Beautiful. And even his even bringing my grandma through, like I've always struggled to connect with the people that I've lost after they're gone mm. but I'm just starting to I'm really starting to feel them around and um, that's why it's a cool time to have this discussion and that's oh, why yeah, I yeah. think it's really beautiful that we got to have this discussion because this is this is therapy you know for you I agree. and I it really is and um, <laughs> if, yeah hope I think that um, th- there can be a lot taken away from these experiences because they are universal experiences hopefully we offer some really beautiful useful perspectives. And um, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Jesse, you got anything else?
0: I got one more point actually. And I I believe I mentioned this point in in a previous episode, but I just want to say it again. Some lyrics from Alan Stone's song, Guardian Angel. Somebody's watching all that I've done. That's what you get when you've lost someone.
1: That's, that song has been making me cry.
0: Really? And yeah. then Lex the Lurik is Guardian Angel Watching Over Me. Yeah. So we've discussed, you know, your bird leaving to become a guardian angel on the other side to help your mom's situation. Yeah. Um, that Adopting that belief system, even if you have to fake it so you make it, adopting that is a pleasing way to deal with this kind of stuff. And it's helped me so much.
1: And and, I think people wait for, an, for I think people wait for a sign so they can adopt that belief system. They're like, I want to see proof that they're actually on the outside mm. there for me. And if I don't see proof, then I don't believe it. For me, believing point. it is what brought them to me. I believing is what brought Violet back to me. It's, it's knowing. It's Knowing true. that he is still connected to me. Now I can feel him. And I struggled for the first, I don't know how long it's been. Literally, I Two think months. yesterday is really when I, when I landed with like, hey, hey I can feel you. Yes. I, know you're, I know you're right That's there.
0: Beautiful that's beautiful and there's a Wayne Dyer book that says you'll see it when you believe it yeah
1: I love love (laughs) that fucking Wayne Dyer does it so good he's
0: great man he's great so yeah thanks for listening really appreciate you checking in thanks for letting us get super real and grounded and just talk out some of these things that perhaps you can relate to perhaps you can't maybe in some point in the future you will maybe but thank you anyway